in today's show. Let's look at Tuesday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. All right, let's talk about these games. We only had four of them on Tuesday, so let's crack in right now. First game coming up, the Charlotte Hornets beating the Washington Wizards 114-104. Terry Rogier's uh, Rogier's amazing season continues, 27-7-4 with five triples, 50% shooting. He's the 38th ranked player this year. I thought there was a legitimate risk that he would see 26, 27 minutes a night and Graham and, and Ball would start together, but Rogier has been amazing. His efficiency is through the roof. He's leading this team at a huge level. Fantastic. And I also talked about Gordon Hayward the other day on the Buy Low Show. He bounced it back, my guys. 26, 11, and 6 on 47% shooting. Good to see the shot start to fall. And Devontae Graham's a must-roster player now. 17, 5, and 6. Three steals and three threes with Ball's absence. Cody Zeller put up a double-double. Now, he's been horribly quiet outside the top 300 over the last two weeks, in fact. But 16 and 13 in 24 minutes. I wouldn't get my hopes up. And it was an absolute turd from PJ Washington. This is real buy-low territory for PJ Washington Jr., who is outside the top 120 over the last two weeks. He had five points on 40% shooting. No steals, no blocks, no assists, hit one three only. Definitely not good. Uh, I am still holding, and I would I would buy low on him. While Miles Bridges, remember he had that big game against the Suns the other day and then went back to doing what he does, and that's really very little. Eight, three, and two in 25 minutes with two blocks. He's fine. You want to have him in 12-team leagues? By all means. But he is, to me, that roster spot is likely better used streaming um, in a lot of cases than holding on to this guy, just waiting for more stuff to happen. So I'm just not really sure it's going to get there. But the Wizards, another triple-double for Russell Westbrook. This time, he did hurt your percentages, though. 35 from the field, 67 from the line. That's pretty rough. But he hit four triples. He had 22, 15, and 14 with two steals and played 38 on a back-to-back, which is pretty bloody good. Just that that efficiency is rough. Well, Rui Hachimura, 30 points is great. 37 fantasy points is great. The problem I have with Rui a lot in terms of fantasy is look what it takes to get there. 29% usage, 40 minutes. He had four rebounds, three assists, zero steals, zero blocks. He's got such a limited game in terms of peripheral stats that it required Beal being out, being chucked a ton of minutes and getting every shot in the world to put up a game which admittedly is really good. And you can have him as a 12-team league back-end guy, especially if they're going to be force-feeding him 36 minutes a night plus. But with Davis Bertans out and returning probably pretty soon, Beal out, and I don't know when he's going to be back, but looks like pretty soon, I don't imagine that Rui gets this much playing time every game. No Dan Gafford. He's going to be reevaluated in 10 days. Uh, that doesn't mean he's back in 10 what days. I'd say probably two to three weeks we're looking at here for Gafford, but that's just, that's just a guess. So Robin Lopez played 27 minutes. He double-doubled. That's just deeper league stuff. While Alex Len, unfortunately, it's just not going to happen for Len, is it? 10 and 5 in 21 minutes. While Denny Avdia, three points on 10% shooting is horrible. He did have eight rebounds, but they just don't know how to use him. Scott Brooks is a bad coach. Doesn't develop players very well at all, I don't think. Three and eight with zero assists. This is a point forward type player who doesn't get the ball in his hands at all and is asked to do a 
be a spot-up shooter, which he can't do. Um, and he's, he just doesn't have, I don't think, an overall very fantasy-friendly game anyway. And Avdia is, uh, has no business being in a 12 or a 14 or probably even a 16-team league at the moment. Garrison Matthews went from starter to playing 15 minutes, so a bit of a worry there. Well, Chandler Hutchison, after his good game on Monday, only played 21 minutes and had 5-5. Five and five. As I said after Monday's game, don't overreact to that game from Hutchison. He's just not that good, and I think we saw that here, 17% shooting for his five points, which obviously is not that good. Guys, it's time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Who's the Player of the Week? Well, it's the guy who's been putting up some huge numbers, and that is De'Aaron Fox. He's averaging over his last five games, 35 points, five assists, two steals, and shooting a scorching 63% from the field and 89% from the line, which includes 40% from three. He's the second-ranked player over that time frame. Uh, when I did it this morning, he was first, but because some games have gone on, that's changed. He's now down to the, the second-ranked player over the uh, over that time frame, and he is bringing all of his fantasy managers a ton of joy. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game, and with Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is De'Aaron Fox. All right, the next game up for us here on a Tuesday is the Philadelphia 76ers going down to the Denver Nuggets. This game was more of a blowout than the final score would tell you, 104-95. The Nuggets end up winning this one. Um, It was out to like 20 points really early on. The thick hogsman, Tobias Harris, only played 26 minutes. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. He had 12 points. Two steals and two blocks is nice, but... The starters just got absolutely creamed. Seth Curry, I think he's a drop. Eight points in 24 minutes. Dwight Howard had 10 and 7 in his 20 minutes. Didn't get ejected, but didn't play well. Ben Simmons, he's really struggling. I think he's a big buy low, but he is really finding it hard without Embiid. 11, 2, and 3 for Simmons. Had two steals, but usage well down. Assist opportunities that are not there. Not getting rebounds. It's a real struggle for him at the moment. We saw Danny Green put a steal and a block up along with two threes, which is pretty solid. And Prison Mike Scott hit three threes for his nine points. But honestly, very hard to read into too much because there wasn't much in terms of positive performances anyway from the Sixers. Shake Milton had 10 points in 22 minutes, but just an overall pretty rough game. For the Nuggets, um, we ready to make a call? Aaron Gordon? Get that garbage out of here! Look, I know it was a blowout. He played only 25 minutes. The headmaster played 38. Michael Porter played 36 and Jokic played 34. There's your number one red flag. He had one assist. This was the concern going from backup point guard in Orlando to fourth option on offense. The assists were going to dry up. He had a usage of 11%. He had six and four in 25 minutes. I think you'll end up playing more minutes as the season goes on. But a dude that's 140th ranked player anyway who sees a smaller role and less assists, I just don't see the point in holding on to Aaron Gordon anymore. We gave it a couple of games. We wanted to see what happened. It is played out almost exactly to the script that I thought it would. I don't I don't need to see any more. Now, you might be hesitant to drop him. I understand that because he's a, na- he's a name brand and you'll see him he's rostered at like 100% on Yahoo and probably the same on ESPN. Um, but I would be inclined to move on just because I'm trying to forecast, I don't know why I said it like that, trying to forecast what it looks like as we move forward. And I think having more value in his roster spot through streaming rather than holding him is probably the right way to go. 
Maga Porter had 27 and 12 with five triples, and the headmaster had 30 and six with five threes and three steals. Big games from those guys, while Jokic just had a quiet 21 and 10 with five assists. Uh, all the big guns firing. Millsap only 15 minutes. If you've got him in a 12-team league, I don't think you need to worry about that anymore. But he did have two blocks and a steal in his 15 minutes. Still no JaVale McGee siding with Jermichael Green getting the backup center minutes. And Fart and Will Barton, two absolute stinkers in a row. Now, at least he played 33 minutes, but 0 of 7 from the field for four points, but seven rebounds, six assists. So let's say he goes three of seven from the field. That's 10, 7, and 6. And that's not bad. That's not maybe 11, 7, and 6 if he hit a three. That's not a terrible line. I am still holding him, but I'd like to see... I'd, I'd be more inclined to drop him if we knew that Monty Morris was healthy and we'd see how that role plays out. But it has been a pretty poor two games for Barton since Gordon has joined the team. All right, so on to the last two games of the day. First up, we've got the Orlando Magic beating the LA Clippers 103-96. This game couldn't have started off worse for the Magic, but somehow they fight back, they get the victory, and uh, 103-96. Let's start with Wendell Carter Jr., who again was the third-string center, and yet again was by far the best center on the team. 11-6, three assists, three blocks, didn't miss a shot and played 18 minutes. Now, Steve Clifford is a stubborn bastard. It might take a while for him to start. There are some Magic beat reporters positing that perhaps the way that, again, he played down the stretch in the fourth quarter to get the victory might mean that he's going to be starting really soon. 11-6 and six with three assists and three blocks is a 12-team line as it is. It's frustrating that he's the third stringer, and I understand you're at a time where you're in fantasy playoffs or you're ready for the playoffs and you go, I need more production. I, I think it's coming. I'm not 100% confident. In fact, I, I can't be even close to 50% confident, but it's two games in a row where he's been really good. Mo Bamba, 12 and 8 in 18 minutes. I just don't think that he has any ability to play big minutes in the NBA. While Ken Birch's time as a starter surely is over 8 and 2. You can drop Ken Birch if you happen to add him. Terry Ross returned, 26 minutes for 15 points. Now, it was horrible shooting. He took on the uh, the Dwayne Bacon role. Dwayne the Shark Bacon, 25% there from Ross. I still believe he's a must roster. While Chumura Kiki, again, he gets hot early and then cools off, but 18 points in 28 minutes, 64% shooting and three steals. He's a must roster guy. Carter Williams filled it up uh, in very Russell Westbrook fashion, destroyed your percentages, but 8, 7, and 9 with three steals and two blocks. He has value until Cole Anthony returns. While Ennis had five points, and the shard himself, Dwayne Bacon, had eight points in 21 minutes. RJ Hampton lost lot, uh, quite a lot of value here, 14 minutes only, with um, Ross returning, and Otto Porter had 13, 7, and 4, which, like Wendell Carter, 13, 7, and 4 is a 12-team line. It's only in 21 minutes. I would prefer Carter over Porter if I'm rostering one of those two guys and both of those guys over Hampton at this stage. But we just got to see some common sense playing. Like Bacon, Ennis, like they don't need to be playing these minutes. They're not as good as Carter. They're not as good as Porter. Uh, Birch is not as good. Bumba's not as good. I think common sense eventually will prevail, but I don't know when that'll be, unfortunately. But positive signs nonetheless. And if it's a positive sign when your guy that you picked up hoping to be a 30-minute starter is the third-string center. As much as that can be a positive sign, I think 11-6-3 for Wendell with three blocks on 100% shooting is a positive sign. The Clippers were without Marcus Morris, Paul George, Serge Barker, Patrick Beverly, and Rajon Rondo. That's pretty rough. Um, it looks like a, Barker's not even doing on-court work, so I'd imagine he's out for another week. So if it's a Zubats, had 14 and 13 in 36 minutes, played a ton because they couldn't go to those Marcus Morris at center lineups because he was out. He's worth that 12-team league option. And Luke Kennard, the duck, you know that I think this guy's good, but I just don't see where the opportunity for him lies when everyone returns. 17 with three threes and a block. Now, I would play him over Rondo. I would play him over Reggie Jackson. I would play him over Terrence Mann, probably, although Mann has been pretty good. 
Um, but I just don't know whether that's going to be the case. So he's just a name to watch. Kawhi had 28, 5, and 5, and Mann had 9, 7, and 6. But in true Terrence Ross style, he had 25% shooting. And Batum had a spot start in place of Morris, 2, 10, and 5 there for him. Um, so some interesting stuff going on, but that Clippers game, well, the Clippers side of things, just so many blokes out that it is hard to get um, 100% invested in a lot of those numbers, unfortunately. Built Bar is back. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that is covered in 100% chocolate. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. We are down to the uh, flavorful four in the Built Bar Championship, and we've got a massive matchup. Cookie Dough Chunk versus Cookies and Cream. I am going to take Cookies and Cream, but I get the feeling that Cookie Dough Chunk might take this one out. So go to BuiltBar.com and cast your vote or the Twitter account at bar underscore built, and then use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Let's go on to the last game of the day now, the Atlanta Hawks and the Phoenix Suns. The Suns win at 117-110. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 37 minutes. 22-4-6 with four steals. That's awesome. Now, there was no DeAndre Hunter or Chris Dunn or Lou Williams. Um, if I had Bogdan, I'd look to sell high. He's so up and down. Look, this is a great game, and then he'll have these stinkers replaced. He played 22 minutes in each of the last two games, and that's really hard to trust. And again, finding those other guys coming back, I just don't know how it works. Now, is he better than Kevin Herter? Is he better than Cam Reddish? Obviously, yes. Is he better than Chris Dunn? Yes. But how are they going to run that? If you want to add him, by all means, but I also would be trying to sell high. Trey had 19 and 13 assists while Capella had 14 and 16, and the Baptist Johnny Collins sprained his ankle in the first half, had 9 and 4 in that first half, but uh, let's wait and see how long he's out for. They started Solomon Hill in the second half. Hill, of course, is no replacement for Collins from a fantasy perspective. I think Kevin Hurd, a fan of pants, he can go 12 points in 26 minutes there, but again, he's going to be impacted by those other guys returning eventually too, while Tony Snell had five points in his 29 minutes. I don't know how long they're going to continue to start him, but with Hunter still dealing with that soreness in his knee, he looks like he's got a few more games left in him. For the Phoenix Suns. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I think Jay Crowder was 2 of 30 in his last two games. That's an exaggeration, but like 2 of 15 in his last two games. And he came out and had 19 points with five threes, a steal, and a block on 56% shooting. But this is exactly what Jay Crowder does. And then he'll be shit house in the next one. Dario Saric dropped in 20 points in 18 minutes. He'd been doing this earlier in the season. And then recently, terrible. Barely a top 350 player, 350 player in the last two weeks, and then puts up this game. Don't react too much to that. Chris Paul had one assist yesterday, has eight today, 12 points with two steals, while Booker had 21, and then eight, and only the 30 minutes, which is a little bit disappointing, but 13 and 14 is okay, and Bridges was pretty disappointing, 10 and 5 in his 30. I'm still holding McCall Bridges pretty obviously, and deeper leagues, you've got to look at Tory Craig, 19 minutes, 12 and 8. Now, he's not going to blow the house down, he's not going to you know, tear it up every night. But in a 16-team league, Torrey Craig is there, and he's available, 
and he's got a pretty solid role, and I think he's doing a pretty good job at uh, at just filling in that role. Now, of course, there is no Abdul Nadir, which might be an impact on Craig's minutes, but I've been pretty impressed with him in Phoenix so far. That's it. Only the four games and not a huge amount to talk about. So let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Jaden McDaniel's up 30%. Absolutely add him. The Shart, Dwayne Bacon, up 19%. Hopefully, that was just to stream him in today, and then that will fall 19% tomorrow. A Linux up 19% on the back of his two big games. Now, how he fares with Christian Wood tomorrow is going to be a key focal point of those matches. Um, fine to add him. Let's just see what happens. While the Salt Flake, Theo Maladan, up 16%. I, I don't believe he's going to remain a 12-team league guy, but I do think MC Hamadou Diallo, up 14%, was someone to add and see what happens because his first big-minute game for Detroit was pretty impressive. In terms of drops, Jordan Poole down 17% with Steph Curry back, sure. Horton Tucker down 11, no worries. Al Horford, he's done, drop him. Nick Claxton down 10%. Now, there was a report coming out today that it is going to be DeAndre Jordan who's excised from the rotation, and that makes complete sense. But there's still Green, Griffin, Aldridge, and Claxton to get minutes, so it's not like Claxo is going to be pushing into 30 minutes a night. Those 20 minutes or so that Jordan was getting are just going to go to Aldridge. So you can have Claxo, but I think the upside for him is pretty limited. Then we've got Mitchie Robinson down 8.5% due to his foot fracture, which is obviously unfortunate. Let's have a look at the top 10 performers rostered under 50% of leagues. Prison Mike Scott hit some threes, but nothing to see there. Dario Saric went bananas, deeper leagues only. Paul Millsap, not a bad streamer on nights like today. Reggie Jackson, there's so many guys injured, hard to look too closely at that. Furkan Korkmaz, part of that bench unit that brought the Sixers back. Robin Lopez, nice double-double, but again, only a deeper league guy. Luke Kennard, like what he can do opportunities. Not really sure they're going to be there. Mo Bumba. Let's keep an eye out. If they go with a Carter-Bumba combination, you know, 28 and 20, if Bumba gets 20 minutes a night, he can be a 12-team league guy. So keep an eye on that. And then to the two Charlotte centers, Biombo and Zawa. Zawa had that big double-double uh, at the end. They're, um, again, they're just deeper league type considerations. Let's go and have a look now. We've got a 10-game slate for Wednesday across the league. All right, so let's take a look. 10 games on for Wednesday. Portland and Detroit up first. Portland are seven-point favorites here. The total is 220 and a half. Detroit, Wayne Ellington is doubtful, and Dennis Smith is out. So big opportunity for Hamadou Diallo. Big opportunity for Saban Lee as well in this one. While the next game is Miami and Indiana. Still no Victor Oladipo. He's dealing with a head cold. Kendrick Nunn is questionable. While on the Indiana side, Jeremy Lamb and Doug McDermott are both questionable. The Heat are one-and-a-half-point favorites here. The total is 216. Houston and Brooklyn, the next one. Um, still no um, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge for Brooklyn. Landry Shamit is questionable, while Daniel House is probable for Houston. Christian Wood is probable coming back from his illness, and Johnny Wall has appeared as questionable with his knee issue. That is not a great sign. Dallas and Boston. Boston has Jalen Brown and Romeo Langford listed as questionable. Dallas is pretty healthy, which is great. And then for Toronto and OKC, no Baisley or no Dort. Um, and no Gildas Alexander, of course, for OKC. The Raptors are seven and a half point favorites there. The Knicks and the Wolves. The Knicks are three and a half point favorites on the road. The total is 219. Josh Okogi is questionable, while Derek Rose has appeared on the injury report as questionable with ankle soreness. So that is obviously a worry there. Of course, Mitchell Robinson is out. And then we go to the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Donovan Mitchell out for personal reasons in Utah, while for Memphis, Justice Winslow is out, and Grayson Allen is questionable with that hip problem. So hopefully we get a little bit more of the wave pool, D'Anthony, Melton. The Kings and the Spurs, Hassan Whiteside is questionable, while Lonnie Walker has been upgraded to probable for San Antonio, and we're also likely to get the debut of Gorgie Jeng there in San Antonio. The Bucks and the Lakers, 
Um, no PJ Tucker or no Bobby Portis for Milwaukee, while the Lakers, we're going to have the debut of Andre Drummond. And he's going to start, and then we'll get to see how that rotation all looks. And the last game is the Bulls and the Suns. Both Zach Levine and Kobe White are questionable for Chicago, while Garrett Temple is doubtful. The Suns coming off that back-to-back. If we look on Fangio at some price options, I love Jordan Clarkson with no Donovan Mitchell. He's at 5000 Rob Williams, Ty Jerome, Pat Williams a little bit at 3,600. Uh, Drummond at 52, I think makes a lot of sense. Maladon at 5,100. Gobert at 82. Moses Brown at 67. Mikhailuk or Mahaluk, actually, I think that's how it's pronounced. I've always been saying that K, but I believe it's silent. 3,700 for Mihailuk. Um, Maybe you take a fly there. Pokyashevsky, Jaden McDaniels, Mike Conley. Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Kevin Porter, especially if John Wall's out, and he's at a $1,300 price uh, price fall as well, Porter, which is great. And then uh, Van Vliet and Christian Wood at Tyrese Halliburton, I think, come in looking pretty good. That'll do it for us today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.